Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 42 from Stephanie Lane's Institute Beauty Business Podcast. Episode 42 is your business is struggling. Now what? For those of you who are on Clubhouse, I have pinned up to the top our episode 39 is your client experience has to be better. That one is a really good one, especially if you're struggling. It definitely will tie into tonight's conversation as well, specifically because many people will never admit that their business is struggling. And I think that is the first step that many people have to take is if your business is struggling, are you aware that it's struggling? And do you have a plan to move forward? And what I mean by that is many businesses that struggle, unfortunately, they stay in the struggle. There's no immediate plan or it's the extreme where there's a knee jerk response. And so the discounts start coming out, the packages start coming out, the extreme sales start coming out, which is never a good thing if you want a long term business. I've always said this. I've said this many times, whether it's been on my podcast or whether I've I've done um, on my YouTube channel, when I've gone live on Instagram and Facebook, I've always said that many businesses typically don't have a business plan or goal in their business. So they never want to discuss the struggle. They're going to highlight and hold on to when the business was really busy. So if your busy season is February or January through June, you're going to hold on to that idea, that feeling, those thoughts about that time from July to December. And so instead of planning, marketing, doing all the things that we should be doing all year round, we'll sit in the struggle for six months with the anticipation of looking forward to January because January is when all of our clients are going to show up. So there's some things that we have to come to realization with when we struggle. One and the most important is that acknowledging you are struggling. I will never forget when I had to sit down and say, this is beyond an ebb and flow. This has nothing to do with season. I am struggling. And I had to come to that realization because it was beyond a fluke, a week or two, a day or two. No, 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 no. We're struggling. I'm struggling to pay bills. I'm struggling to pay myself. I'm struggling to keep product on the shelf. I'm, struggle- I'm struggling with clients being consistent. I'm struggling. On the flip side to that, I'm tired. Sometimes I don't feel like marketing. Sometimes I don't feel like sending out an email. Sometimes when I'm at the office, I just don't feel like being my best self and putting on that smile and doing what I need to do in order to show up and give the client experience an amazing time. I'm struggling. So then now what comes from what exactly do you want to do in that space? So we've acknowledged that we're struggling. Now, what do we have to do in order not to struggle, right? It wasn't until I started understanding the business as a whole. So the money coming in, the money going out, and can I have more than one way for the money to come in? Or was I relying 100% off of services, which many of you are. And that is a reason why, or one of the reasons why you're struggling is because you're depending 100% on services 
And in your business, you have to have more than one way to earn income. One way can be services. Another way can be your retail sales. Another way can be your Facebook group. Another way can be your e-commerce website. Another way can be doing Zoom facials or consultations. Another way can be all of these things. But many of us struggle because we only depend on one way to earn and we feel it has to come from services. So when we have that struggle with services, right, and people don't show up for their appointments or they're not rebooking or the bookings are starting to spread out in between them, right? We're having a lot of space in between those appointments. We are struggling because we have solely relied on one way to earn income. And unfortunately, we are so focused on the services that we forget that there's other ways for us to earn income. So when those services start to struggle, they start to become distance apart, people are not rebooking, we start to panic and then we're going to go to the retail sales and we're going to do a sale. Or we're going to do a discount on services. Or we're going to do something that's so desperate that it doesn't make sense from a long-term business plan. If you knew two years from now, your books were going to be full, would you discount now? Would you throw out random discounts, random sales? If you knew two years from now, you were going to have full books. Your retail website was going to be running. Your Facebook group was going to be up. Would you discount now? Many of you would say no, because I know two years from now, I'm going to have a solid full book for 12 months out of the year. So then why do we, when we struggle, do things without looking at the long-term? So my long-term goal was to always have a price increase in January, right? I always did the price increase. Understand how I needed to go from services and a service menu to customize. Like that was my biggest shift. And I've shared this many times with you guys, many, many times that when I stopped doing what every other esthetician is doing and I started looking at timed-based services, especially for them being customized, the business changed. Because I was not doing what everyone else was doing. So it took me struggling to look at my service menu and say, why can't people pay me for my time? Why can't I do customized treatments? What if I started including samples or products into my services or my packages? What would that look like? It took the struggle to kickstart what I needed to do in the business so that two years from now, I had those full books. I had the retail sales. I earned the six figures. But it would never have happened if I didn't struggle. And I think some of you get in the struggle and you start to take it personal. You start to have anxiety about it. And what I want to share with you in this podcast is every business in the world at some point has struggled before it became successful. So you're not going through something that no one else has gone through. This is the path of entrepreneur and business ownership. 
The difference though, from getting to struggling to successful is the action that you do in the struggle. You can't struggle and keep doing the same things that got you to the point of struggle and expect to be successful. That's not going to work. It's not going to work. Some of it, some of us call it soul searching. Some of us call it deep diving. Some of us go and get a mentor or a coach to get us from struggle to success, right? But there's an action behind that. There's a plan. There's an action. There's actionable items that you do to get yourself out of the struggle. The now what is the action items? Because what is the action? What are you going to do? What happens next? What would you do if you were busy right now? All of those things are what get you out of the struggle. But some of you have been in the struggle for a very long time, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different outcomes. Shall we start with the basics? Let's go with the basics. Many of you are still in that mode thinking that you're only going to make money from clients the minute they walk into your door. You don't want to be a part of the internet. You don't want to be a part of social media. You want to specifically stay into that linear thinking that I'm only going to earn income by appointments. And that is where and why you're struggling. Successful businesses understand they have to have more than one way to bring in income. And if you know that it has to be more than appointments, then you're going to set up and do the things so that that income stream is never affected by whether or not someone walks into your door. So you have to get out of your way sometimes. When I used to do my mentoring group and I was very specific on what my goals were for everyone in that mentoring group, I explained the Facebook group. I explained the e-commerce website. I explained the newsletters. I explained over communication. And this was way before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, they already had hundreds of people in their Facebook group. They already had their website where people were still buying their products. Some of them turned and started doing Zoom facials for those clients who were a little fearful of coming in and getting the facial, but they still kept the connection. Many of you have made the decision to not do any of these things, but you're expecting your business to grow. And I have been a very big advocate in preaching that just because clients don't walk into your door does not mean they cannot give your business money. So take away the idea that you can only earn when your door opens. Do you give people the opportunity to give your business money whenever they want? And if that answer is no, and you've now limited how they give you money, is the reason you're struggling. Because you've made up the mind, you've made your mind up that I only want to get income when someone makes an appointment. You're already going to set yourself up for failure. And I hope this makes sense because there's a lot of you that will argue Well, I don't need to set up an e-commerce website. I don't need to send out a newsletter every other week. I don't need to have a Facebook group. I'm doing just well. No, actually you're not. Because if people don't show up, you don't earn income. But if you allow people to give your business money the way they want to, whether it's to your website, whether it's through a Facebook group, whether it's word of mouth, whether someone has sent them a link, 
You have to get yourself out of that struggle thinking into more ways of earning income to that success. So like I said, if you knew two years from now, your business was thriving, your books were full, people were purchasing your retail, how do you think that happens? It's not a snap of a finger or a blink of an eye. There's things that you have to set up to get there. But many of you, it's not two years from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. It's literally making the decision that I have to earn multiple ways in my business. I cannot rely on just services. I cannot rely on people walking through my door. Because if that fluctuates, let me give another opportunity to earn income that's consistent. We all know that this day and age, clients love to buy online. They love to read a review. They love to see uh, uh, advertising on Facebook or Instagram that people are talking about how wonderful this product is and what do they do? One click buy. But we never want to put ourselves in that place, right? We don't want to put ourselves in that place because we feel, well, I don't need to do that because my clients are loyal and they're going to listen to me. Your clients are still buying those one clicks. And this is how it really became apparent to me that the clients were buying over and beyond what they were buying with me, right? So when I would do the business, I would keep notes when people would purchase things because I kept a file. I was very meticulous on that. So I had files on people. And so I would write down what they were purchasing. If I noticed that whatever they had purchased had been three months or more, I knew that they had bought something in replace of that. Because remember, when I ended, I had private label. So you're not going to be able to get anything outside of me, right? So when I started understanding that, it really started making me think differently because it wasn't that the clients weren't buying my products. They were buying whatever they wanted and my products. So how do I position myself so that whenever they're looking on social media or they're looking on Facebook and if something is a one click that they're not going to buy it and I'm, they're going to grow their relationship with me. It was my fault that I did not set a clearer and firmer relationship with them when it came to their skincare. Especially if they felt that what they had was not what they needed and so they wanted to have something else, Right. That was really one of the reasons why I overemphasized skin analysis before I did a service every time, because I'm going to walk and talk them through what I was seeing. I'll never forget one client. She loved products. Oh God, she loved products. She loved the products for me. She loved to go to the counter and have products. She just loved to buy products. And I would do the skin analysis and I would look at her and say, um, the, the product and the protocol that we have for you, your skin should not be this dehydrated. She's like, oh no, you know, I went out this weekend and I may have drank a little too much wine and that's why I'm dehydrated. And so I looked at her, I said, but here's the situation. The dehydrated that I'm seeing is not surface dehydration. That would be indication that you had a long weekend. You had a lot of alcohol. You stayed out in the sun. No, I'm not seeing surface dehydration. I'm seeing true authentic dehydration, which means this has happened for a while. And then she just looked at me. So then I would go and say, are you still using your, your moisturizer and your serum? 
well, I'm trying this. And that's how you would, it would always start with the ones that cheat. I'm starting this new product that I found and it felt good when I put it on my hand at the store and I'm using it. And I, I would go there. So you bought scented water and we've put this plan together and we've worked all this hard. And now your signs of aging has sped up because you're using scented water. Why? You told me you wanted to slow down signs of aging. That was our plan. But you bought products that are now speeding up the signs of aging because they're not giving this, your skin what your skin needs, which is nutrients, which is moisturizer, which is, you know, we have a heavy cream because I want to slowly have all of the things that are underneath that in that serum be forced into the skin. And I want the skin to suffocate so that it's absorbing everything we're putting on it. What you bought is scented water. So not only is it dehydrating your skin because it's in an alcohol base, but it's not helping with the slowing downs of signs of aging. When I spoke to clients like that, because a lot of them came to me to slow down those signs, they were right back in line. Because here's the thing, I already knew she loves buying things for the sake of buying them. But what I wanted to do was educate her on what you're getting is not helping the reason you came to me to fix the problem. So why would you put something on your face that is going to do the opposite of what you want to do? You want to slow down signs of aging? You're speeding it up now. And of course, when I say that, oh, no, I, that's not what I want to do. And when I talked to so-and-so at the counter, they said this would be perfect for my skin. I said they wanted a sale. That's it. I say all of that to say, that if you know your clients and you know they're going to buy with you and without you, why can't you be an option for them? Why do you make the decision to not be an option? Why do you assume they're not going to spend with you? Why do you assume they're not going to join your Facebook group? Why do you assume they're not going to read your e-newsletter? Why do we make these assumptions? And then when we do make these assumptions, we struggle and we don't acknowledge we're struggling, but we keep doing the same thing that's keeping us struggling. We're not willing to look at something else. We're not willing to let go of that product line that's too expensive for the clientele and too expensive to invest, invest in. But we're going to stick with it because we like it. We learned about it. We took all these classes. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick beside it. <laughs> but you can't afford it and your clients aren't buying it. So now what? You know, a lot of decisions that we make and we give those decisions time, time tells us whether or not it was a great decision. I've made mistakes. You've all made mistakes, but do we change the direction when we know that it is now a mistake or do we hold on in hopes that it's going to happen on its own? I'm going to keep holding on because it's going to change. You know, the biggest mistakes that I see with a lot of estheticians, especially when they become business owners and they're their own business, is they hold on to bad decision makings in two places, machine purchases and brand products. So they partner with the branded product and they've invest either in their opening order or they've invested thousands of dollars in the brand, right? What I see with machines is that people are lied to that this machine is going to change your business 
and you can pay it back with so many services in your first or second month. And this is going to change the directory and trajectory of your business. No, it's not. And I've seen that over and over again in my 19 years. I've seen that over and over. I have seen buyer's remorse. I have seen estheticians store up eight and nine machines, hoping that one of them were going to change their business. I've seen it. I've seen estheticians invest thousands of dollars in a line that their clients are not willing to pay for. And instead of finding a brand that they can afford and that they're comfortable, I shouldn't even say afford, but that they're comfortable paying for, you stick with that expensive brand, hoping one day they're going to change their mind. And as we know with human nature, when someone says that they are not going to buy it or they don't want it or it's out of their price range, that doesn't change. It doesn't change in the future. And I hate to watch and see estheticians spend all of this money, time, energy, and effort in something that does not work in their business, but yet they're still doing the same things over and over again. And unfortunately, there's only one way this turns out. They've lost their investment and they have to discount to get rid of it. And then when they bring in another brand, the relationship that you tried to build is now broken because clients felt that you were pushing on them a product that one, they couldn't afford and two, they weren't comfortable purchasing. No matter how great their skin felt during the treatment, some of them did not want to invest in what you were offering. Are you willing to chuck that loss up and find a brand that you can repair that relationship with, with that client. And they're now on board and they're now trusting you with what you're suggesting. I've seen that a few times. And I've had people come up to me and ask, you know, I've invested all this money. What do I do? You sell it. The point of you investing in a product brand is to get your ROI rate of investment. Your plan is to get whatever you invest and have a profit. If no one is buying into the brand monetarily and mentally, you now have wasted your money. So what exactly do you do? Do you repair the relationship with the client or do you stick it out in hopes one day they will like the product? I always say the relationship with the client is way more important than a brand. And if you have not solidified that relationship because they don't trust exactly what you're doing and they are not willing to invest in what you're providing, you got to do something else. I've seen a lot of estheticians stay in that space. And it's really hard to watch because as a business owner, we don't like investing a whole lot of money without knowing we're going to get a return. We always hope whatever we're investing in, we're going to get our return and we're going to have a profit. So not only are we going to be able to pay for what we bought, we're going to have a profit. When you have something that people are not purchasing, they are not bought into it. They don't like it. 
They don't like what they feel they have to do to get it. Because, right, purchasing is emotional. Buying is emotional. Retail is emotional. And if you can't connect them to that emotion to understand that it's important for them, you've now wasted your income. And some of the struggling comes from that. Not to say that, you know, every product brand you have is going to fail. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying sometimes what you invested in and you thought would work in your business is not working. So instead of you scrapping it and starting over, you force yourself to stay there, making the relationship with your clients worse because they've made up their mind. They're not buying into what you're offering. And that can be with services and that can also be with retail products. The reason we have on Facebook, the esthetician buy and sell group is because people have sometimes realized whether it's equipment or products that it's not moving. The clients are not buying. There's a whole psychological thing that goes to understanding retail and retail purchases. And if the client has decided they're not going to invest, whether it's the amount of money, whether it's the product itself, whether it's something that, I don't know, there's all kinds of reasons why people don't buy. But now you have to go to the now what? And I see this a lot when people jump to private label. Because the idea of private label is that you're going to do well. I'm going to do well with private label because it has my name on it. But it's not the name. It's not your name on it. It's the way you introduce it to the client. It's the relationship they build with it. So whether it's the relationship where it's introduced in a service or they have samples or they have the opportunity to try it in your bathroom, whether it's a hand wash or a body cream or whatever, you have to remember that a lot of people have said that when we look at the relationship on what we are offering, because especially if you go from branded to private label, you've made that relationship solid with that retail, that branded product. They know it. They recognize it. There's a scent memory. They love the way it feels. I think that the really bigger picture comes, did you take the time to invest in the relationship? Did you really understand the importance of why your, 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 your private label is failing? Is because you didn't put the time, energy, and effort that you did with the branded. So when I tell people that you when you when you transition to private label, you got to add products that you don't have in that branded product so that it becomes recognizable. It feels a need. Because if you come in and well, many businesses do this, they come in, they have a branded product for years, they decide to private label, they pull everything from that branded is not available again, and then they expect clients to buy their private label. It doesn't happen. I've seen that a lot, more times than I can count. And it's because their relationship was solidified with that branded product. So now they're going either to other estheticians who sell it or they're going directly to the company to look for it because the process of introducing that private label wasn't correct. It wasn't correct because 
you didn't want to take the time to nourish that relationship the same way you did with the branded. So the client now makes decisions on whether or not they're going to buy from you because they don't know what you're doing. You tried to implement products that you already had. So instead of them using the branded cleanser, you want them to use a private label cleanser and you want them to convince them because now it has your name on it. Yes, you make more money when you have private label. Yes, the cleanser might be better than the branded one, but that relationship and recognition was not factored in to the process of that relationship. And I hope that you understand that a lot of things that come into our business has to have the client relationship be number one. The decisions that you make have to always come back to that client relationship, right? The reason I always encourage a Facebook group is because that simple group encourages specifically the relationship with you because they have a connection with you outside of your business. But many of you don't want to have a group. And the ones that have a group are so busy because their groups are growing authentically. That's where their cancellation is. So they don't have cancellations. And when people cancel, they post in the group and it's filled within an hour or two because they put it in the group and said, I have an appointment open today. Who wants it? I've seen it. I'm in the groups. They're linking to their website when a product was out of stock and it's back in stock. There's so many things that can happen in that group that can facilitate another way of earning income, even if someone isn't in the business. The group will allow the clients that are coming to invite their family and friends that may not live in the area, but they can still experience you. They can still grow a relationship with you through Facebook. So I think that's why a lot of us struggle is because one, the decisions that we made are not helping the business. You can't make a decision up front that you're not going to do something and think there's not going to be a consequence for it. I've said this many times to people in person directly. And I say, you've already made the decision of something you're not going to do. There will be a fallout for that. That will be a consequence for that. Are you prepared to lose clients because you decided not to have a website for purchases? Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared to lose clients because you're not open to over-communicating, which means an e-newsletter, which may mean a post on social media, which may mean whatever you're doing for communication. Are you understanding that the not doing that could possibly have you lose clients? Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared to understand that everywhere else in this world, when it comes to anything that someone wants to buy, it's at their fingertips? You decide not to allow what you have to offer to be at their fingertips. And so they're going to go to someone else who does. Are you prepared for that? I think that for many people, many people don't understand the bigger picture of the decision making you make in your business is going to have a consequence, right? We always want those consequences to be wonderful. We want those consequences to be really well. We want those consequences to um, be fruitful, multiply, referrals, consistent business. But there's some decisions that we make 
that the consequence is not great. And I think we we're at a point where we don't quite understand that the struggle comes from those decisions we made years and months ago that are causing us to be where we are now. I think that's something that you have to really understand on a bigger picture because now what means that you got to go back to those decisions that you made and possibly change that decision. Change that decision about that branded product. Change the decision about your e-commerce website. Change the decision about your Facebook group. Because the, str the struggle in your business can only be for so long. There's, there's a finite amount of time to struggle because it's going to move if you don't change to struggle to then not being open. Because I said, this is an evolving business. You're always evolving you're always changing. You're always moving with the times. But some of you don't want to move with the times. Some of you are very stuck. And the reason you're stuck is because the decisions that you made are not what's best for your business. So some of you will decide to go get a coach, which I always encourage to get a business coach or business mentor. And they say the same thing, but they say it in a way that you understand. And when you understand it and you take a step back and you're not responding to it. Because a lot of us, when we don't hear things that are great about our business, we take it personal and we go defensive in instantly. We're defensive. It's our baby. I get it. I'm the same way. I used to be. I'm not anymore. But when you think about it, after you get over being defensive, after you get to be over like, how could you say this? You do start thinking like, well, what if I had done this? So now not only am I going to say what if, now I'm going to do the things to put it into place because I need it now. I need it. I need my Facebook group. I need my e-commerce website. I need to do Zoom facials. I need to have better communication because I'm struggling. So I would definitely challenge you to look at what you're struggling with. What decisions have you made in your business that you might want to reverse? and go the other way. So instead of saying no, saying yes to, and then understand there is going to be a point if you're consistently evolving and changing that you're not going to struggle. But in order for you not to struggle, you're going to have to do the things now so that when you do get to the point where you're not struggling, everything is set up. It's now all working together like a huge clock. Everything is coming in consistently. One may slow down, but the others will pick up and carry and, and you'll be fine. But if you only have one way, you're going to struggle for a long time. And sometimes I've seen businesses close because they just could not get past those decisions that they made in the beginning or down the line that they needed to change. They needed to change. All right, guys, those of you who are on my podcast, thank you so much for joining me on episode 42. We can't wait to see you for the next episode on uh, for episode 43. We have a new episode that's posted to my podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts every Monday morning at 6 a.m. So you can sign up for any of those and then it'll automatically put it right into your app that there's a new episode that has posted. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care.